This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, isn't it about time your printer got smart too? Now printing is smart with HP+. And the HP Smart app is how it all happens. You can print from your phone with just a tap, no matter where you are. Even from your garage slash home office slash yoga studio. Huh, that is smart. HP+. Learn more about smart printing at hp.com slash smart. Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. This initial podcast is to try to explain a little bit about why you might want to listen to Leading from the Front. I can remember when I worked at Procter & Gamble just weeks after I had left the United States Army as a commanding officer of a 120-person unit and started to work as a shift supervisor in a manufacturing plant. And after six months of working at Procter & Gamble, I had a couple people pull me aside who'd been with P&G a few years, and they said, you know, Gary, we've been watching you, and you do a great job of leading from the front, but you need to learn to lead from behind. I, I have to say that I didn't quite understand what they meant by that at the time. And honestly, I'm still struggling with learning how to lead from behind, because my whole life I've felt that leaders lead from the front. If they're behind their team, they're only there because they're allowing the team to lead themselves. Well, this podcast is going to address all of these things, things that I understand clearly, things that I don't understand. And the way we're going to do that is by hearing from a lot of different leaders that are themselves leading in their own way. And we're going to talk to these leaders from all different levels in in organizations, nonprofit and profit, and leaders that are the top leaders, executive directors of nonprofits, CEOs, presidents, vice presidents. But also I want to hear from first level supervisors and department heads, division heads, directors, because I believe all of these people have something to share with us on how we lead from the front. When I first started this path on my journey of learning leadership, I was 16 years old. I had just been promoted to Eagle Scout. In fact, my very good friend, Tom Cross, and I had spent the uh, previous couple years planning, preparing, and working together to get our uh, Eagle Scout rank. We were sitting in the back of the room after being introduced to a new scout leader, And he walked into the front of the room, and in a few minutes, he transformed that troop by telling us that we were going to compete in the annual uh, Boy Scout Jamboree that was coming up in six months. He told us that we were going to get organized by teams to be prepared for the events that we're going to be competing in at the Jamboree. He then went on to say that we're going to train each other during the next six months and have adults help us read the Boy Scout handbook, which is, you could think of it as our standard operating procedure. 
And in just a few minutes, you could feel a difference in the room, in the energy, because we had a goal, we had a process to achieve that goal, and we had the support and the materials to make it happen. I was sitting in the back with Tom and I looked at him and I was like, what was that? I couldn't help myself. So when I had the opportunity, I went to the scout leader and I asked him, what was that? He put his hand on my shoulder and he looked me in the eye and he said, Gary, that's leadership. That one word has been in my brain since that day, almost 50 years later, that man's single comment of that's leadership got me to start at that point to get interested in what this meant. So I have studied, I have learned, and I've taken every leadership opportunity that I could. And when I look at my career as a commanding officer in the army, working in multiple positions with Procter and Gamble and Scott paper and manufacturing for 10, 11 years, starting my first business in the nineties and realizing very, very quickly that when you have your own business, you need to sell something. <laughs> there were a lot of stumbles along the way. And I learned from a lot of other leaders. And I want you to do the same and learn from leaders that I have on this podcast that help us understand leading from the front. And not just what to do, but how to do it. And that's the difference in what we're trying to do at Staterius is the connection of the why of what you want to achieve and the what is the how. And these leaders that I'm going to have on this podcast are going to reflect some of my own experiences and failures that I've had that might be able to help you learn a little bit about your leadership capabilities and where you might need to go in order to be more effective. So let me go back to this idea of starting my own business. I mean, I had experience in manufacturing and the army, and I had an opportunity to start working with a, a company on safety because I was the safety manager of the largest tissue producing plant in the world with, with uh, Scott Paper in Chester, Pennsylvania. So I knew a little bit about, about safety. And when I did an assessment of this small company and talked to them about safety, I said to them, you don't really have a safety problem. You have a leadership problem. And they hired me to do eight months of training with their leadership team on leadership and safety. And I did that and I got so excited about it. I decided with that one client, I should start my own business. I can do this. And then I got another client. And then eventually I survived for about five or six years teaching and training for the Blanchard Training and Development and Situational Leadership and the Covey Leadership Center in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. During that time, I realized, though, if I was going to make a difference, I needed to have a few things in my own business. And those things were a terminal degree, a, a book or two, and a program that people would look at and say, yes, we need this program to develop our leaders. From that point forward, it took me almost uh, 15 years to realize all of those. I now have a couple of books. I have a leadership program called Leader Step 7, and I have a model of leadership development called the Seven Steps of Intentional Leadership, which is uh, what is the center of my second book, A CEO's Journey. 
Now, the culmination of all of these ideas and thoughts took years. And in, in every single opportunity that I had in leadership positions, I learned a lot about what to do and what not to do. In fact, I'll, I'll tell you about one. When I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina and took over as vice president of sales for uh, a local systems integration company, the week I started with that company, I was informed that the company actually wasn't a $50 million company. Their revenue rate was about $33 million. Well, that was a bit of a shock when I walked in the door. And I found out a lot of things about the team at that point and how they were going about doing things. They didn't have the right goals. They didn't have measurement systems and accountability. They didn't even have a good sales compensation plan. So we put a lot of those things in place. And the good news is in six months, we turned it around. And by the end of the year, we were at 39 million. The end of the next year, 49. So the, the revenue and the results was there. But I can honestly go back and think about how I went about all of that. And so I made some major mistakes. One of those major mistakes was not listening enough to the sales team. If there was one thing that I could have done in my career to improve my leadership effectiveness, it was to build relationships. Because of all of those successes and failures and the way it went about those things, we have a definition of leadership now that doesn't have the word influence in it. For many years, my definition of leadership was the ability to influence others towards a goal or objective with voluntary support, influencing others. And I had friends and even myself talk about this, and I never felt quite comfortable enough with that word influence. So we've changed our definition. And this is based on some of my great failures of not developing what I think is at the core of leadership, the ability to build relationships. Our definition now is the ability to build relationships so we can achieve our goals together with compassionate accountability. And the challenge is the application of all of those skills and competencies to offer compassionate accountability in our organizations. It's a very difficult balance, but what we found with most leaders is they're either the nice guy, the nice gal on the compassionate side, or they're the tough drill sergeant on the accountability side. True leadership is the ability to do both in any given situation so that we can build those relationships while we achieve the results, but still show our humanity and be able to get along when we do it. It's a very, very tough balance, but one that we have worked very hard to learn and to apply with all of our clients. What we're going to do on this podcast is ask people the same kinds of questions. How do they balance compassionate accountability. And how do they do it? Not just in their business life, but in their personal life. Because here's the thing. If we're not looking at leadership from a holistic standpoint, then we're missing the boat. Here's a statistic for you. 85% of all problems at work are because of the impacts of things outside of work. 85% of the challenges are outside of work. Family, friends, health, addictions, all kinds of challenges that we have outside that affect our ability to be able to work well. And we spend so much time with the people at work that sometimes we don't take the time to build those relationships effectively so that when we need a hand, 
we can find someone that'll give us that hand. So let me go back a few years and share something with you that reminded me of my military days. And it was reminded by my brother. My brother, John, works with me. 28 years Navy veteran, an, a Navy officer when he retired. When he first went into the military, it was 1968. And even in the Navy, he spent two tours in Vietnam. I often say that my brother, John, has a PhD in life and has done great things to help me. And when I ask him to do something, he simply responds in a text, I-G-Y-B, I've got your back, and I know it's taken care of. And one of the things that we're trying to do in our organization and all the organizations that we work in is to develop this relational understanding and this true commitment to the mission and the values of the organization with a fundamental background of IGYB. Life is hard enough without us having conflict to the level of it being personal or challenges to the point of not being able to succeed because we don't build the relationships that we need to have in our life and in our work. So we're going to delve into this whole idea of building relationships and having compassionate accountability. And in fact, so many of you that listen may recognize another phrase of compassionate accountability as a parent, the most important leadership position you will ever hold. And that phrase is tough love. Tough love and compassionate accountability mean exactly the same thing. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different leaders. And the reason that we want to do that is all these leaders with all their different perspectives on life and leadership styles have their story to tell, things that they've learned, things that can share with us, things that we can learn from them. Because most of the time, what we learn from is our failures. And I often find that the one or two stories that our guests will be sharing will help all of us learn to avoid some of those failures if we can. So that's what this podcast is about, bringing a lot of different leaders on board that have experienced the share, both good and bad, that explain how they balance compassion, accountability, and learn to build those relationships and organizations to achieve their goals. I look forward to having these guests and helping us all learn. I'm fascinated by people's stories and the perspectives that they have and look forward to sharing these perspectives with all of our listeners. So I'd like you to join me in this journey. I like to use the word journey in this leading from the front because it depicts in it a process. This is not an event. Leadership development takes a long, long time. In fact, I often tell young people it takes five to 10 years of hard work, learning, experience, and adjustment to become a mediocre manager, five to 10 years. So go on this journey with me, just like in my second book, A CEO's Journey, The Seven Steps of Intentional Leadership. We'll bring some of that into these podcasts to help you identify and to quantify your journey so that you can lead from the front. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. 
Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com. S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S dot com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit peterkatz.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.